Warning, the following audio may contain content inappropriate for a younger audience. Also, spoilers will be included for the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. You have been warned. All right, welcome to part two of our Feast for Bros recap podcast, uh, where we are talking about the major plot lines in Game of Thrones, actually really all of the freaking plot lines in Game of Thrones, and uh, what we thought about what happened in the season and where we think things are going to go. And uh, in this uh, podcast, we're going to be talking about, uh, I think, two of the major uh, kind of big plot points that happened, which of course would be uh, John at the Wall, and then, uh, of course, Danny. Uh, just kind of fucking kicking ass. <laughs> we're really, we're really just taking those two individual characters. Um, so same, same people as last time, minus Trevor because he's a little bitch man. Um, <laughs> Be nice to Trevor. Oh I know I'm a terrible person. I don't know. He, he had to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to study for the fucking bar, and I'm still here. I know that's what makes me upset. Is like, I like browbeat, I browbeat Sean into doing this, and Trevor's just like, "Oh, I'm done," and I'm just like, "No, <laughs> you need to be more receptive to my peer pressure." Oh, we, we love Trevor. All right. No, no, that's the only thing is I'm actually very upset about like how unreceptive he was to my peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, I will give Jack's just mad. Credit. He's losing control. I know. <laughs> Well, let, let, I guess we'll start with with John. Get, yeah, kind of get back I had into the it. I had the, uh, the summary of it. I just want to. Oh so yeah, yeah. Go for it. Essentially, through the season, John is going from. I mean, this is this is John's lowest point. Like he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, literally the lowest. We, point. we had a film teacher called Mr. Keaton, and he was like talking about the darkest moment. And he's like, "What's the darkest moment of ET?" And I couldn't remember. And I was like, "When he gets captured, he's like, no, when he dies." <laughs> that's the same. It's like, John's darkest moment is definitely when he dies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, does the character actually die in the film? That's probably Probably the darkest moments. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but he rather quickly comes back to life in the, one of the greatest cock tease moments of television history. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like running around. And, I, and I, I still love Tormund's welcome back line. He's like, you're not a god. I saw your cock. Why would you have a teeny cock like that? that <laughs> Tormund that is, eternally, is, so is eternally my favorite new character this season. Yeah, what's going to happen with him and Brienne? That's like the I need it to happen. It needs it. I just want them to have like a sitcom character in the middle of Game of Thrones. Yeah, he is a little bit. He is. He's just like this wacky little like Scandinavian guy, you know? He's like, ah. He's basically Balky. He is. He is. And even like in every interaction with every character, you can always see like it doesn't matter who, they're like on the back foot. Like even like. Oh God, what's um, Sir Davos? Like when he's talking to him, he's like, oh, I got this soured goat's milk. You want to come drink it with me? And Davos is like, I'm going to go shit instead. <laughs> like yeah. literally anything that. else. Yeah, and then like Tormund goes and like bites a dude in the fucking throat. <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah. Summing up, Sansa escapes uh, Ramsay, goes north to the wall. John comes back to life because Melisandre still has power for some reason, even though she totally doubts her own power. John comes back to life, quits the, hangs all the people that tried to kill him. Obviously, why not? Fuck Ollie, the little traitorous <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, die like you die, good boy. I don't know. This sounds, <laughs> the fuck, I don't know where that was going. Um, no, I'm drunk I wanted him. He needed to die more than Ramsay, honestly. Like. That he is a fucker. That's there's no other word for him besides. Ollie did it. Ollie did weirdly annoy me more yeah, than I was like, characters that actually deserve. I don't know. Like it, it's funny. Like how traitorousness is like way more objectionable <laughs> to me. Like you know the Lannisters. I was like, yeah, but you know they're just defending their family. Well, they're not just defending their family. They pushed a little kid out of a, mm-hmm. out of a fucking that. But like. You don't really blame them for betraying Robert and all that jazz. You're like, Robert, you should have thought that through, or John Aaron should have thought that shit through. <laughs> um, 
That's a good point, Jenna. When are we fitting in, Liana? <laughs> we have a chat, and like all of a sudden, I see it. Just like Jack, you didn't plan about Liana, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Shit. We'll, we'll jump to Bran. We'll jump to Bran. We'll get there. We'll get there. Bran is in the north too, so he's going to be in part of this conversation. But okay, I just want to make sure that's my like yeah. pet theory, so you can't discount it. Okay. Right. I, I swear on Jesus Christ Himself, Sean, we will get back, you back to studying for the. Bar. <laughs> um, the uh, the whole the whole point is um, the whole in summation. They go up north. Um, Santa escapes, heads to the wall. John's like, "Sup, sis." Santa's like, "Sup, bro." We love each other again, but not really because we still got all this like bent up issues from when we were children. And even though we're trying to overcome it because so much shit's happened wrong with the Starks and it's a big moment. But then she's like, oh, do I trust you? I don't know. There's a little finger army over here and I'm going to tell you about it. And he's like, okay, no worries, sis. We'll come to it. This will probably become important in the eventual season. Then they go around. They're like recruiting all the fucking northern houses, you know, not really being very successful. Except for Leanna Mormont, who is officially my favorite Game of Thrones character, which is hilarious. Because in six seasons, it takes her like ten minutes to become my favorite Game of Thrones character. Yeah. Every time she opens her mouth, I'm just like, "Go, bitch, gonna lay down a pound." (laughs) (laughs) It's just so, it's just so fun to watch all these grown men just like, "Oh my god, she speaks harshly but truthfully." (laughs) It's it's such a good, it's such a great moment. So, anyways, what he comes around, goes around, and Ramsay goes to battle. John totally fucks it up, and Sansa saves him by bringing Littlefinger. So even though she lied, it works out in the end, and. They kill all of Ramsay. Ramsay goes back in. Juan Juan has an epic moment breaking down the gates and getting an arrow in the eye by Ramsay. And then John's just like, fuck you, motherfucker. And this is the dark moment uh, for John. Is, is he going to be a bad guy or not? We don't know. But he eventually like stops beating Ramsay into a bloody pulp. Which I was really enjoying, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was so going to go like, oh. full uh, Sin City on him and just, just nothing. That's like what I wanted face. to happen. But like, I, I, honestly, what they do instead is great. It's just as satisfying watching Ramsay being eaten by his own dogs. And I had epics of like, I was like, what do the Starks do? They feed you to the wolves, even though they're not wolves. But like, still, I like enjoyed yeah. that. Well, <laughs> Sansa. It, it, one thing I really always appreciate about Game of Thrones is that for the most part, every character's death kind of relates to the main character flaw. And obviously the big flaw of Ramsay was that he thought he was um, bulletproof, that he thought everyone around him who he could trust, he could trust forever. And anyone couldn't trust him with murder. And uh, his dogs right. were his biggest allies, and they were hungry, and he fucked them over, and they turned on him right away, you know? That uh, there is yeah. no loyalty among the wicked, no, basically. It's literally, it's literally like the tyranny, you know, tyranny doesn't pay when you're down on your luck. Right. Yeah. Like, it's literally, it's so literal <laughs> to yeah. some extent. It's beautiful in its literalness of it, like, it's like, you know, you oppress them so they're gonna fucking eat you. Like, like there's, you've left them no option, and like, you know, and that's what happens if you show weakness as a tyrant, you're fucked like yeah. and that's why tyranny doesn't pay is kind of like the whole bit um i don't know i feel like cersei's gonna be better at tyranny but we'll get there <laughs> um anyways and then there's the, we get the lovely moment where john in a homage to a uh, frightening homage to rob <laughs> is crowned king of the north yeah that usually um, doesn't end well that, that that doesn't bode well i am honest 100% positive that John is at least going to die one more time in this series. No, I hope John dies in a comical, like, over-the-top ways. Like, he just keeps dying, and he's like, ah, again. <laughs> Stop. I mean, I really I really want him to do, like, a shot with a thousand arrows kind of thing, just being like, bitch, I'm still coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> I still that like my theory of him the... being brought back by the White Walkers and him being the new Night King or something. Oh, I love I all that. that. I mean, these are really things cool. I don't really... I don't really know where the fuck John's going, and that's the issue. Is like I know where Danny's going. She's gonna drive forward because she and like the South is kind of, you know. And I was just saying like a minute ago, like I have no idea where the South is going. I have no idea where John's going. Well, like, John's gonna go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I mean like if you look at it, I think it's gonna be one of those things where John's gonna kind of like troll around and kind of figure out what he's gonna do and consolidate his power and maybe move into the Riverlands. But eventually, I think you're gonna have while this is going on. We're going to be learning a lot more about like John's backstory through Bran, and eventually, like I think John and Bran are going to have to meet up um, because that's the only way the whole like Danny John thing is going to work out, which I think okay. is where it's going to go. 
I'm like getting kind of tipsy over here, so excuse me, but would it not be the most like wonderful in the most horrible way possible Game of Thrones style if Bran and Jon never meet up and no one ever finds out this shit in like real life, well, in real Game of Thrones life? Like, oh, I would, man. <laughs> like, like Marjorie style. We have no idea yeah. what. That she would was happen planning. in the books. I, I think maybe the show has gone past that point, but that would. Be I mean, I, I do feel like the show is just full of like characters looking into each other's eyes, fan service, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, it would be funny to me that Maisie Williams and like the actor that plays, uh, um, oh f- fuck, I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know Lannister. What's this? Jamie Lannister. Jamie? Fuck what? I lost that. Um, oh, Nicholas yeah. you know, I'm, It's funny like how Maisie Williams and Jamie Lannister were never on screen together. <laughs> like, like it's like all these actors like know each other from the photo shoots of being the main characters, but they like <laughs> never actually act together. Which well, is funny to me because it's like weird to see Sansa come full circle with like John and being like, Did you guys act together like I don't know, like like five seasons ago was the yeah. last time you saw each other? Yeah. Like like you were children and like and like Sansa was like cooing over Joffrey like Jesus there's a really great there's a really great um, art piece where people's like it shows Sansa's you know, like, finally got Winterfell back and she goes into her room and there's all these pictures of like like a like a boy band style Joffrey on the wall and she's just like oh right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really great I, I mean I love that yeah I, it's it's I think there's it's it's really funny to see like in, in and this is an element of medieval times but like people going away means they're going going fucking away right for long periods of time and it's funny just to see like like john like compare him to pictures like i watched the first episode of the last season john looks like this mopey piece of shit and he's like aged into this hardened <laughs> fucking motherfucker who's just gonna tear your shit up to the point that ramsey bolton was shitting his pants over him that's the funny thing it's like funny to me it's like it's just like you you think about it and john's like yeah i kind of stared down a like a faceless army of like fucking zombies like and, and, and you're like you should be in like we're all sitting there like you should be scared of Ramsey you should be scared of Ramsey he's like I'm not <laughs> like, <laughs> I already died funny. I already did that shit like, he's like I'm gonna done. go I'm gonna die again it's a thing it happens you know <laughs> but, I mean, if, you, if you step back and look at it though like dude had a pretty remarkable character arc this episode going from like oh, yeah. literally yeah. being dead to like the king in the north and right. it wasn't like a, it wasn't obviously like a like a sure thing like any any step of the way and like I mean I think we all probably predicted that he was going to come back to life but to see kind of Bastable go down the way it did and you know I, I remember we were having these discussions that it's like oh well maybe like the White Walkers will come out over the wall and that's how this thing, whole thing will resolve itself um, but it was it was just interesting to see him kind of like go from such a kind of a shitty place to being like oh you know I control the fucking North now. Uh, in the span of a season was pretty impressive and not something I really kind of saw coming. I think the appeal of John for a lot of people, because I never was a huge John fan, I'll be honest, until this season. Haven't, Me neither. Haven't until this season. Oh, yeah, well, and, and I, I think the, thing, the appeal of him is he's sort of the closest we have. I thought for a while it was going to be Bran, but now I think it might be John. He's the closest we have to that traditional fantasy hero. You know, with right. the, the, he right. starts off as a bastard, he's a, a forgotten child, he goes off to learn about himself he learns a great truth that he's actually the king after learning that he's humility and death and reconquering well, it to becoming the messiah like it's it's all these classic fantasy tropes and, i would uh, argue sort of i would the argue most, that uh, classic archetype of that in a genre that often in the show and also brooding what? No, I need to I need to disagree with you here a little bit, Ben, because I think like Bran and John represent different archetypes, and I think like that's George R. R. Martin. He's having his cake and eating it too. Like think about like Earthsea and like yeah, Bran is definitely like, the, the child Hobbit. like orphan no, no, no. kid kind of character, which is why I thought he well, was he, the protector. He is, but at the same time, like Earthsea and like a, like a lot of times if you do like fantasy settings, epics, like you'll have like a disempowered character who's hindered and like crippled in some way. Like crippling is a common theme in fantasy worlds and I think that's why it's coming here and Brands being that character. It's often involves like Earthsea and like the wizarding kind of things. It's like usually like, like a powered character who is powerful in different ways through knowledge and such. And, that, and, that, and that's the thing is like he's having his cake and eating it too. You're right. John is the traditional fantasy. John is like a pure fantasy character and, he, and there's not even prophecy surrounding him whereas Bran is kind of like the opposite sort of thing. So I, I do feel like all of his characters are modeled on certain elements and things. 
so, but I don't I don't think that like I think I do think Bran and John are different. Danny is different. Danny doesn't have. Danny is something I haven't seen before, and that's something that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, she's more of a pure conquest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She's one, yeah. she's conquest and and this person you want to follow, versus whereas like I feel like I've seen John's ilk a thousand times and Bran's ilk a hundred. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Danny like exists on the pages of history all the time. Well, that's no, the no, thing. I agree. Danny's I think more that's historical. Well, Bran and John are more. Fantastic fantasy, like, fantasy like, exactly, fiction, exactly. Characters. No, it's, it's yeah. exactly what we're saying. Like, like I think Danny is the historically accurate figure, and that she's on. She's like you don't see a character like John just like coming back to life every day in the pages. Like, like, <laughs> like I mean, he he's a fantasy character. That's the whole point. Like he's yeah. he's this prince that was promised. There is like a, there is like this level of. Um, prophecy that's very to interesting him. too because i feel like Tyrion's also like a very historically accurate character in the sense right that, right and, and then you're that's going to be the kind of the conflict we see or at least the dichotomy that we see between uh, south and north well that's and what i always even... find uh, interesting about george R. R. martin is like there's, there's there's always different kind of genres like lannisters to me feel very shakespearean like these high guard right. people who destroy themselves in a very tragic way and you know, Starks are more fantasy tropes. These people who lose everything right. and come from nothing to achieve greatness. And then Danny is more of a historical thing. The conqueror who conquers everything but can't hold power because they're better conquering than leading. You know, and the, there are all these classic kind of archetypes. And the Red Wedding is, of course, based on a classic uh, real event that happened in history right. where a bunch of people murdered each other in Scotland over a wedding. No, you know? it's, it's what it is. He's got a Frankensteinian monster, a little bit of, uh, of like... Um, He's 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 grafted the, his own fantasy setting on top of the War of the Roses. So the centralized conflict of the Lannisters and the Baratheons of the War of the Roses is separate from what's happening in the the perimeter. I.e., Danny, Danny in the north, and John. I mean, John in the north, and Danny in the south are these perimeter magical forces coming onto his real life scenario. So that's the thing: is the real life scenario has always been King's Landing and the Game of Thrones that's active, but it's like these magical forces are coming in from the sides. And I think that's the thing is. Like, does it become more fantasy as Danny and John take more center stage? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, because I do Dragons. feel like, I do feel like that's the issue is that like King's Landing is sort of expiring. All the characters are expiring. Like, like it's <laughs> like by the time they get there, everyone is dead. So like, it's these, it's these, these wicked. I mean, not wicked, but like just these very, very human characters versus Danny's kind of epicness and John's kind of. Um, you know, I guess like not fortune, not fortune telling, but you know, prophecy. He's like John's like the prophecy character. John and Bran are like prophecy characters, and like Danny is the conqueror from history. And then you have these very, very, very like human characters in the middle, and they're just you just feel them getting squashed. And I think that's why I feel like that's where you come from, Sean, with you saying like like they're definitely gonna go like you know Cersei's not gonna live long because you just you just feel this weight of these much more important, not important, but like just more magical and historical characters crushing them in the middle right yeah i mean at the end of the day it is a song of fire and ice so it's got to be you know you've got to have them yeah it's got to be them right yeah which is kind of disappointing in some instances because i feel like the reason people like game of thrones so much is uh well i mean you like any you like any fandom because you're able to to speculate about it so i think that's an element of fandoms themselves but i feel like people like it because of the realities that people are faced in the medieval in the way george R. R. writes so it's it's kind of depressing to me a little bit seeing the middle kingdom the based on the war of the roses extinguishing a little bit in face of this more traditional well, fantasy I mean, tale i think you might have a point there because I mean, there are, at the end of the day, there are two more seasons, so I could see, like, one season where it's like, oh, we're just going to chill with, like, Cersei and Danny and have that kind of, because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, Danny still has, like, a lot of resentment with Lannisters, obviously, so they could they could play that, play that out and then have a season that's very, like, the last season could play out the whole thing between John and Danny. so I think there's room to, to, to definitely work with. Yeah, it's funny when other characters get their comeuppance with characters that I would like to see other I would like to see, like, I feel like, for instance, we built Ramsey on, um, on what's his face, uh, on the Greyjoys, um, 
the Greyjoy sign. Fuck. Theon. What the fuck is me? The Kraken. Jesus. I'm really suffering today. Um, but the, I feel like we built Ramsay up on Theon, and then Theon doesn't necessarily get his comeuppance with Ramsay and doesn't, like, take care of that. So it's interesting to me. It was like, John just flies in, and they, they, like, build a relationship in the episode in which they kill each other. So, like, it's, it's hard for me. I feel like that's the one thing that's going to come around is, like, I really would like more character development between two things. And even though there's all this, like subtext between them being the bastards and bastard bowl and all that like it's still like they don't know each other <laughs> until, right. except for that one exchange which is why it's more and satisfying then, sense it gets the final kill kill no no they're smart about that sansa it was so much more satisfying and they did a good job of it it's just like i need like danny to meet cersei i need danny to meet john i need that to happen and then to have serious character interplay for the rest of the show to matter to me so where do we think i'm just kind of curious as to where you think i mean john as you said before like john's storyline is hard to predict like do we think like the white walkers are coming over the wall soon like what, what do we think is going to happen i i thought for sure the wall was coming down the season seems like the bigger answer was danny Connell on the west Coast, which makes sense i still think the wall is coming down in some kind of capacity uh, there's a famous horn that they have to find or something, but I don't think they, they already found that. it. They the already showed it. Did they show it? They showed it. Yeah, they showed when? it. Um, when Sam found the daggers, the obsidian yeah. daggers, in the thing was the horn, and they show it for like two seconds, and then they obsess over the daggers. But it is <laughs> definitely a dark horn with runes in it, and it is it is the only thing it could be. Um, <laughs> and they don't they don't show where it goes. They don't show if Sam took it. They don't show jack shit like they don't show anything it could also be a dragon horn which is how the valerians control dragons traditionally right and that's what i'm wondering if they tie it into euron's story in the book right because euron has the horn and that's a date and that's why he's a he's why that's why he's a danger to danny in the storyline there's a great theory that like euron's gonna marry cersei and then they're gonna use their ships to harass danny that'd be an interesting that would make sense especially since the greyjoys have now teamed with him it would make sense that he would uh it would make a more formidable foe because oh my gosh imagine the like pure evil in that room like whenever they were together that would be horrible just (laughs) yeah they would have some evil goddamn babies. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Except she can't get wet for anyone but Jamie, so I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> Usually the dirtiness is reserved for me. <laughs> I'm kind of left out, so I mean, I can get so much dirtier. Just keep, you know. Just I know, little, I remember. It's yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I love yeah. that. I loved the whole scene in the, in the fucking hall where, uh, where uh, what's his name? Oh, God, fucking uh, Tyrion's dude, uh, Bronn, was like, Bronn. oh, is, uh, is she not blonde enough for you? <laughs> kind of trolling yeah, I, <laughs> like, oh, I love how I love how Bronn doesn't give a shit. I love it. It is exactly what Jamie needs. I mean, Bronn, all, Bronn all the classic characters like Jesse Pinkman and Breaking Bad that should have been killed off or left on his own seasons ago, but everyone loves him too damn much to let him go away you know it's just too it just it just it just can't happen because the thing is like he is exactly what jamie needs and that's the thing is like (laughs) as much as i hate the dorn storyline they are right on in combining those two characters because somebody needs to take the piss out of jamie to keep making me love him and that's exactly what he does yeah and it's why i think it's one of the reasons why i love jamie so much now and why i empathize with him and why i have no love for dorn (laughs) because like i just empathize with him and watching his daughter die in his arms just like go fuck yourself dorn like you're killing your king that makes no sense you're gonna avenge his brother by killing his brother it makes no sense <laughs> no sense yeah no it was silly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay well we we've, we've, we've got to like move on do we want to where do we want to go do we want to go to marine well, well, let's, let's go to Bran. Oh, we gotta talk about Bran. We gotta talk about Bran. Who wants to talk about Bran a second? Just to give us. I, a I believe Jenna down. had a, a point about it, Jen. Jen yeah, yeah, go, 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 Jenna. Wait, are you talking about the Lyanna thing? Yeah, we can talk about Bran's story. Do you want to talk about Bran in general, oh. or do you just want to talk about Lyanna? No, just um, I think that like my my big theory, because I want it to be true more than anything else, is that uh, Lyanna is going to turn out to be the knight of the. Laughing Tree, I think, is what it's re- referenced to. Um, and I, I really want it because then it's like with her and Riger, it's not just about how she looks, but it's like she's also very noble and wants to defend 
Um, her uh. friend, who's how the Reed father, who is like very MIA in this whole series. Um, but I'm hoping that's like the truth is that Ryger fell in love with her for like her values and things like that. And that's when they eloped together and had Jon Snow and life is magical. So that's my, my major theory that I'm super excited to see come to fruition. Liana and Rhaegar? Well, no, no, well, obviously, like, that's, like, pretty much there, you know? But I mean that, right. she, that there's, like, more to it than just she's beautiful and he's hot and, like, poetic and all they that did. shit. <laughs> yeah. They, they do do that. I, I do hate it how he, Rhaegar is described by every other character in the book. He's, it's like, like, the hottest and he, fucking No, that's ever. exactly what they do. In the books, like, it's always, like, and Rhaegar brought out his loot and every woman in the world started crying. That is yeah. description. That is all. Yeah. Yeah, description. So it's just like every, he breaks it out and everyone starts boohooing. Wait, that, that's all that we doesn't, know about that this doesn't happen to you when you bring out your loot, Jack. Dude, he's that I, guy. I, I, the, I he's a fucking sensitive guy. The ball. guitar. You know what I always think of when I, whenever they talk about that, because it's so ridiculous, like it's over the top. I always think of um, the scene in Get Hard when John Mayer's there and he says something <laughs> about like, do you ever have you ever seen like a hundred women get wet at once? That's what I always think about because they just fucking like straight up lust over this. <laughs> Man, yeah, they're just like you're the king and you're hot and you got a harp, man. You don't need anything else. It's like that joke in uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like oh, I made it with John Mayer. Don't worry, everyone in LA does it at least once. I think everyone makes out with Rhaegar at least once. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the amount of stuff we'll see from the past will be very interesting, and will be very interesting in terms of more on my side of production which is that i think it's gonna happen that they're gonna offer them a bunch of fucking money to make the robert's rebellion series uh i think that you look at game this is more in meta so i'm going a little meta here with predictions but um <laughs> hbo is kind of suffering right now a lot of people are talking about that their drama is not doing well they paid a bunch of money for vinyl this big show from the creator of boardwalk empire it got canceled after one season. It, they spent like hundred million dollars on it, which is what they spent on this season of Game of Thrones. You know, so it's a big commitment that failed. Yeah. They're really looking for a hit. If Westworld doesn't pan out, which I don't really think it will, but we'll see. I, I do think that they might go back to the well. Like The Walking Dead has its own spinoff now because AMC's mm-hmm. looking for content. I wouldn't be surprised if Rob Rebellion. They might be saving well, some of the best Rob Rebellion stuff. I have, or Robert Rebellion I have show. HBO for this show. Yeah. Right. Like, this brings me to the table. Maybe maybe Newsroom. Like, the, like the, I'm trying to think of things that made me go after, like, uh, Newsroom and Bars. Rose. Well, well oh, um, HBO goes through these cycles, so there's that one show that everyone goes on. It's like, first it was there's The Spinos, and then it was, right. you know, Game of Thrones. And what well, and then, uh, have one of those. They're, they're, they're not going to make any more uh, True Detective, so that's an issue for them, too. Well, I don't hate that. That Have you watched the second season of True Detective? That shit's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. First season I, was that's so one good. of those things I don't get. Like, why did they hit so well? Because, like, I, I understand all the DNA is still there for the second season. It just, it's just so bad, and I just don't know why. Like, it's one of those, it's one of those mysteries to me. Like, I want to go back and watch it and try to figure out why, but like, I just don't want to watch it's, the second season again. It's what care. happens when you try to write deep philosophical show on a timeline. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like ah, yeah. Yeah. mysticism. It, you know, like it's and it just works. Like, it works amazing in season one with all the yeah. time dilation and all this stuff. Like it, it's just like for me, season one is just like a perfect storm, and it's like somebody's trying to redo it, and it just doesn't work. Where the fat crap, you know, like it just doesn't. Yeah. Um, Speaking of yeah. timelines, we're deviating from ours a little bit. Yes, we <laughs> are. <laughs> My point I think we probably won't see as much stuff as we want from Nez Rebellion. I kind of feel like they're trying to save it for the possibility that we'll see that stuff later on. But I do hope we could see a little more Liana stuff. And uh, I did hear an interesting thing where a guy, because nerds are nerds, uh, a guy kind of watched the Tower of Joy scene many times. And there's a good theory that uh, John's actual name is Jaharis. Targaryen, I read that. Yeah, I saw that too. I think it's is pretty interesting, Jaharis to John. And Jaharis was usually a very kind king in the Targaryens. The well, Jaharis is the better kings of uh, let me the Targaryen. Lay, let me lay down some knowledge bombs here. Jaharis was the third uh, of the third official king after Ares took over Aegon, and Aegon had a very rough transition, and Ares had a very. Well, no, no, it was actually. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was Aegon the Unworthy. 
um, <laughs> I, I think I'm here. Uh, oh, fuck. Let me pull it up. Two seconds. I, I've run, the, the post I'm reading says he was the fourth king, but that yeah, you're right because what happened is that Ares was his father, so it was um, so it was Aegon, and then it was something the unworthy, and then it was Ares because Aegon was just that's the thing is Aegon tried to do uh, no, no no like the unworthy one tried to do like the Aegon thing because he was the first son and Ares was the second son, and then Ares had Jaehaerys, and Jaehaerys just like cleaned everything up and pretty much established the Targaryen rule. Like, right. like he, he kind of you know, Aegon conquered and was not necessarily a good ruler, and then the Very worthy Danny. one, who was yeah. his son, kind of came along and like just fucked everything up by trying to be like so goddamn brutal. And then Jaehaerys just like established essentially right. everything. He the was, first he was the kind, wise king who kind of established the the, the legacy of the Targaryens. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something you see like throughout history quite often. Is you'll have like right. your one king who like goes out and conquers everything but not necessarily as a good rule i got it i got it it's yeah. uh so it's a it goes Aegon the conqueror who has um one son by vicinia and one son by rainus who has his two sisters that he marries and remember rainus was his favorite sister vicinia was the battle-hardened warrior who he didn't love as much and vicinia had magor the first who is magor the cruel and vicinia survived Aegon and rainus and and tried to make to make sure that Ray, that magor was the ruler and Magor took over before Anus did and but Magor kind of died because everyone revolted against him and then Anus the first <laughs> shut up <laughs> Anus the first this is what is so fascinating about Game of Thrones if I can take a weird side tangent is that I love that Game of Thrones is a story that inspires people like Jack who want to know everything about the history and the backstory and know everything about every little character and people are just like, I just want tits and boobs and blood and murder. That's all I it's want. Just I don't like, give a shit. It's one of those things. It catches my tits up right, and this boobs and murder. name is Anus. Where's the guy of tits and wine? Exactly. That's what I love about the show. It, it attracts people like Jack and people who just want tits and booze and killing. It, it really does. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, I got to know all these things. Like, I, I bought that tradition. But that's the thing is, like, Anus is... <laughs> <laughs> Anus the first <laughs> son <laughs> is Jaehaerys the first, and he's called the conciliator, the old king, Jaehaerys the wise, and he was essentially the best fucking right. Targaryen ruler. And if he is Jaehaerys, that's not a big, that's not a bad deal because I think the other Jaehaerys, yeah, Jaehaerys the second was Ares's father. And he right. died in the tragedy of Summer Hall. And you have to realize Jaehaerys ruled over the Duncan Egg guys. And that's the thing, because Egg and uh, who was Amon's brother was in there. There's like the whole stories of like Duncan Egg and like mm-hmm. you know it's kind of this you know this hero's time. And they died in the tragedy of Summer Hall when Jaehaerys died, and a- essentially Ares took the throne. And that's also the same day that t- that uh, Rhaegar was born, because Rhaegar was born at the tragedy of Summer Hall, which some people have theorized was when the Targaryens tried to restart having dragons and the Summer Hall burned down because of it. And Rhaegar, through his whole life, would journey back to Summer Hall, even though it was a burnt-out husk, and would sleep there. Because he just enjoyed it. And it's one of those things. It's just like one of those odd things about Rhaegar. So Summer Hall is one of those important places that you're wondering if somebody's going to roll in there and be like, oh, here is literally the the prophecy, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it seems Sam to be where everything there started. If he like reads about Summer Hall in the library. Well, it is in Dorne. It is in. It is between Dorne and the Reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess it's more. Well, that's where the uh, the fucking Tower of Joy is, roughly. Uh, where the fuck is the Tower? Of Joy? No, the Tower of Joy is more in Dorne. No, the Tower of Joy is in Dorne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Summer Hall is between. Is more. I guess Stormlands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's between Dorm and the Stormlands. It's really. It, it looks like it's in the middle of a goddamn mountain, so I can't really figure it out. <laughs> all right. It's, well, it's, this is. It's I feel below like... the Grassy Vale and above the Black Haven. So. I feel like we've all had we all had too many too many beers for all this uh, all this history. <laughs> so let's let's get back on track. We uh. I got well, what? Great thing. No, no. What do we think? Brand's big arc is going to be next season. Oh, who the Brand fuck knows? He has time travel powers. Has Anything could happen. Time travel powers. He could literally. We could literally have a shitty ending like Dallas from this movie. We, it won't happen, but it literally could happen. 
You know what I mean? Like we have that. Yeah, that, that is like that is like on to this whole brand thing. I'm like, we don't know, bro. Like we gotta go to Danny where I can actually like I'm, fucking I'm, talk I mean, to you about I, what's gonna I, happen. I, I'm with I'm with Sean in this. It's like you know I was talking about. No it. I'm, unsh- I'm unsure what's gonna happen in Fair King's enough. Day, I have no idea. Like, I I have a little like, theory about brand. Okay. I don't know how much it's gonna play out or not. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, uh, Jamie, or it's been said by several characters, including Jamie, that, uh, that when the Mad King died, he kept shouting, burn them all, burn them all. Um, I remember in one of Bran's earlier flashbacks, I guess, we did see the Mad King on his throne for a second. I wonder if that Mad King shouting, burn them all, might not be a sort of something similar to Hodor, and, uh, hold the door, hold the door, like, what if, you know, Bran does a a warging thing when all the White Walkers are coming and he's telling Daenerys to burn them all and that's why the Mad King said burn them all. I don't know. I agree with you, Sarah, to some extent in that I'm pretty sure they're not going to do a Game of Thrones overall series because they have the opportunity to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, they have the opportunity to go back with Bran and see a lot of the war uh, of the of the usurper, as it mm. were. I don't know why I'm anti-Baratheon, apparently. <laughs> Robert's Rebellion is probably the more correct term. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> we gotta think. We gotta be politically we correct in the Game of Thrones yeah, universe. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but I think I think the point is that um, they have so much opportunity to show what was happening. It'd be really weird for me then for them to just run off and do the series, even if even if they are hurting. The other thing is, it's a spinoff series. I am not coming back to watch that necessarily. How does that have anything to do with what I was just talking about? You're saying you're you're talking about whether or not like we're gonna see um, that moment, and I think we are, and that's the point. Is like to Sean's earlier point, talking about them doing He's a spin-off series. Me, yeah. yeah, I'm saying like they're gonna we're gonna see. We're not Sean's wrong, and we're gonna see all of that in the past. Okay. Sean didn't say shit. I didn't say that. That was Ben's. Point. That's me. That was my okay. my theory. All right, I'm disagreeing with somebody. I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right, well I'm, I'm bringing us back because we need to fucking move on um, no shit i'm like i'm like neck deep into these fucking like lineage things like brendan rivers aegon rivers oh, shira sea star amon blackfire C-Star? oh my god you can go for yeah i was trying to show my friend like just the basic oh, timeline to explain just john's parentage and it was impossible God, I'm trying to guys. find i'm trying to find anus anus the second oh, you're killing me bro <laughs> We stop saying anus. We stop. It's 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 it's. He's gotta exist somewhere. Anus. It's not anus, motherfucker. If Sean fails, no. A n a e n y s. Yeah, that's pronounce it. That's anus. Aeneas. Fuck no. Aeneas is a n e a s. He wouldn't rip it off wholesale from from the. This is becoming disaster. <laughs> Where are you, Anus the Second? <laughs> and why didn't you have Anus the Third? <laughs> okay, all right, okay. I'm bringing us back. I'm bringing us back. All right, we, we we gotta go. We gotta go to Marine, guys. We gotta go to Marine. Thank um, God, we're almost done. <laughs> so, dude, don't this say nightmare we have another is year. Then you no 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 another year after this. You can you can wait. <laughs> um, everyone likes to say that uh, that that John won the. Uh, I mean, they 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 were talking about this in After the Thrones that John won the fucking uh, the the season. But I, I disagree, actually. I think I think Danny probably won the season. Oh Jesus, Danny, Danny, like I, like it cannot be. It, I feel like she was always like she was shown in such little bits and pieces. Like very little actually fucking happened. And she was shown in such little bits and pieces, but she was shown every episode, and that's the thing, she was always had character movement every episode, and she got a whole army, she somehow, like, came to some sort of understanding with all three of her dragons, and everything worked out, like, you're talking about things working out for John, like, fuck, things worked out so much better for for Danny. she got Tyrion, Tyrion pretty much took over control of Marine, and was doing a fantastic job until the slavers showed up and then Danny came back with essentially like she burned all the calls and she echoed like a you know she she learned from Drogo and learned how to give a great the Thraki speech and it was a badass speech and they're all going on ships which even Drogo couldn't easily get them to do <laughs> so yeah. 
like so she's got them all like following her she's got massive dragons she's got an army of distractions she's got the second son she's got the unsullied she's got Tyrion, who is actually probably to my mind actually you know and this is saying something her best chess piece going into fucking the ship and then at the end of all this bullshit, just a fleet of goddamn um, Ironborn show up, which is backed around to the Ironborn thing, which I don't really think we need to cover here. So I'm assuming y'all are, if you're listening to this, are this far into the show with this many drunk people talking about Game of Thrones, you fucking watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> if you haven't, like, I don't know why you're listening to us drunkenly ramble about Game of Thrones. It makes because no they, goddamn sense. Because they love us. That's what I'm convinced that, like, randos listen because we're just that adorable. I'm pretty sure. I, I hope so. Because there's, like, no excuse. Like, because I, like, ha- you, oh, you know, putting me you, through my, this like, heartburn. By randos, you mean our fantastic viewers I mean, out there. Thank you, Rando. I'm looking up our me? viewer numbers for SoundCloud right now. <laughs> I'm not lying. I need to know how many. Um, but I think the point is, is like, you know, she just, like, this is the season where, like, everyone became OP. But, like, let's be honest, like, Danny was the most OP of all. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, even down to, like, the freaking... Uh, her speech on the dragon, and then like taking out the freaking slavers, and because I, I I think I was convinced uh, for a really long time that there wasn't even going to be a battle of Slavers Bay because they, they had so really too. set it up. Um, and then holy shit! What? 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 Episode nine, Battle of Bastards for Feast for Bros, has three hundred and forty-seven downloads. Oh, yeah. what? That's right. That's like one third of all of Movie Gang podcast. Fuck. I told you it's because we're fucking awesome and adorable. Like, no, you're right. Which is hilarious because our first episode has like 15 views, and the next one has 40, and then the next one has 87, and then it's like 300. So what? I wasn't on. I don't need to. That's insane. That's awesome. (laughs) Apparently, people listen to this bullshit. I don't know why. Beg my friends to listen to this because I get super nervously excited about talking to you all. So I know like some people. Well, uh, they have no that, idea that what it is. Really but I'm like, makes me feel good. Yeah, no, but I'm being very genuine. I'm like, oh my gosh, guys! Like tonight, I'm recording my last one, and then I get this like dumbass, goofy grin on my face, and they're like, "Wow, Jenna, that's literally no, like." I, I... I totally get you, Jenna, because, like, I, I don't, like, part of me feels like I shouldn't do movie game podcasts because, like, I don't want to, like, insult, like, filmmakers I want to work with no, and not be a I dick. Know. But, like, I, know. I also, like, love everybody on board and love doing the shows. It's a fun thing. And I think, exactly. I think for me at this point, like, especially because, I, I mean, I'm less in the boat because you're more directly related to film. But I do feel like, you know, it's, like, hard to be insulting people. But, I like, I, all I can say is, like, I hope that people understand that all of this is good fun. Yeah, right. and like it's really hard for me to believe. We we all that agree somebody... that the fact Game of Thrones exists is an incredible miracle of like production and skill, but we still have to be critical itself. Who? What other show? If I didn't love it, what other show would have me spend hours going over right. lineages? I went over lineage. I didn't even do this for American goddamn history. Like <laughs> I can't name all the presidents, but I can name all the fucking Targaryens <laughs> <laughs> and the secret anus. The second. He doesn't exist. There's only one anus, and I don't know why you'd call him anus the first if there's not an anus the second. Anus, God, good to find you somewhere. All right, well, uh, well, Jack's over here looking for anuses. Um... Oh man! Poor Sean. We turned him away from this one. I don't even know what to do with this. Dude, he's uh-huh. like, I feel so fun bad. when it happens. It's I like feel a so fever bad for dream. Trevor. He is missing a gem. Like I'm raising my glass to him. He is, he's missing out. and yet he's probably made the right call. He's probably asleep. No, there's, there's no better call than this right now. Honestly, like this, it it's does not. It's midnight get here, Jenna. There is better calls. Let's talk about it. I cannot. Aries. Oh, here it is. Here's, no, no, fuck it's Aries. It's it not Aries. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, Let's go ahead. We got. We got to do. Uh, for Danny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
so because I'm like mostly in love with her, she I do not want her to turn into the Mad Queen, like a um, a continuation of her father. I'm horribly frightened that's where they're taking this angle, and I just don't want it because she is the hero in my eyes. Like her and John have to just make beautiful babies and be done with it. That's that's all I want. No, I, I feel you. The fact they mention it so much from Tyrion definitely feels like they're going that angle, and she's definitely shown a lot more rage and intensity and and and, and dispassion this season. Uh, obviously, well, the whole thing with Daria was a big. Can I come back and say that that's just a motive of all Game of Thrones main characters, like, like Sansa, John, like even John, even John, who I. It's funny for me to say because I never thought this would be true at the beginning. But John is like the most even killed character. <laughs> he kind of is. That's now. true. He died and he comes back and he's just like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> like, he's so even keeled about everything. But even he has a moment where you're like, he's going to like curb stomp this motherfucker. And, like, yeah. and that's the thing is like, that's what the, where all the characters go to. They all go to dark places. Ari's in a dark place. Sansa's, Sansa feeds a man to dogs. Mm-hmm. Arya bakes people into a pie. And John like nearly curb stomps a guy. And like Danny, like, you know, sometimes like in context, Danny's shit is not that bad. I mean, Danny sets people on fire. Like that's mm-hmm. her thing. But I feel like this is uh, this thing is like. Well, Danny's always been. Um, no, I've, I've always really. So I don't know. I've I've been very critical about her like her management style, obviously, um, and I've, I've I've talked about this like on the regular. But but my uh, but I mean her motives are always are always in a good place. I think um, you know like you need to it, go to advanced management techniques. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a shot thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, but seriously though, like she's. I mean, she, like, she's been very well served by having Tyrion, I guess. But the point I was going to make is that I think the reason that we all like Danny is that she's very genuine in terms of, like, her motivations, uh, you know, with the whole, like, freeing the slaves when she was kind of in that same position. And she knew what it was like to be kind of, like, tied down with the Dirthrakis, and that she's, like, empathetic to that. Um, and I think that's the reason we all like love her so much is that she kind of came from a really difficult circumstance over like the course of like several seasons and learned from that experience and now wants to help other people out. So I, I, it would be very hard for me to see them, you know, kind of going off the rails with her, uh, just because I do think she is like one of the more genuine characters on the show. Um, and I feel like as long as she's got like Tyrion there kind of, you know, guiding her along and she's, uh. She's got a whole like council advisors. I think she's gonna be fine. I wonder if they're gonna echo the Mad King and Tywin with Tyrion and Danny. I'm I'm sorry, like there's too many easy illusions there to ignore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's and that's the issue is like George R. R. Martin's a good writer. Like, I don't think I think like he's gonna threaten with it. I don't know that he's gonna pull the trigger on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. they're gonna come close, but I think at the end of the day, Tyrion or someone else close to Danny will be able to talk her out of it. Yeah, uh, that's my hope. Is like they flip a coin, and there's more revelation of what Targaryens and Valyrians are, and like the madness that inhabits them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, there has to be more revelations to the nature, and I think Bran's gonna reveal some of that. Maybe revealing some backstory on the king and helping out. Do you know what I mean? So like, I, I, there's just for me in terms of making predictions for Danny, there's just not enough goddamn pieces in play. Yeah, because you guys are also down about like her coming back to Tyrion, and like there being like a whole conflict there, and they resolve that, and, like literally five seconds it's like yeah it's all that, good that annoyed <laughs> me a bit because i just can't imagine i can't imagine the dragon queen being that chill about things do you know what i mean mm-hmm. not not to be like mean i just like it felt very like we need to move this plot along <laughs> yes <laughs> and i feel like they are leaving that conflict for for a different day because i'm i'm pretty sure that conflict is still happening to some extent May, yeah perhaps perhaps um, but I do definitely think that she has a lot of trust in him. Uh, obviously, like, in addition to, like, her making him hand of the queen, like, he did fucking, you know, save Marine and, like, manage it really kind of respectably for most of the season. So, uh, she, I think she definitely has, like, kind of grown to trust him a lot more. Where, you know, initially she's like, oh, you're a Lannister. You were, like, helping out the usurper. I don't trust you. Um, it has, like, that relationship has no doubt, uh, advanced, uh, quite significantly in the course of the season 
She desperately needs him. Um, and I think that's they need to they need to advance. I, I, it's kind of for in me a little bit is it's interesting. The three heads of the dragon is obviously the end goal of the series. How are they going to play that out? It's still. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't. We're we're all pretty goddamn positive at this point that Aegon is the Mummer's dragon, which is the false dragon, and that Tyrion is probably the third head or somebody else. There's a lot of theories running around about the third head. I want. I mean, he's the most main character after Tyrion. That's the yeah, issue. I mean, before I feel like Tyrion. The war game and the line. The most important line is the the three eyed sparrow. Say the three eyed raven. My pause. Three eyed. Three eyed sparrow. I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs> the three eyed raven, saying, "You will never walk again, but you will fly. You get to yes. fly." And I think that is very much a clear thing that he's going to be able to work into a dragon at some point. I feel like that, that would be awesome. the, the crow. He's the black crow. He'll fly via the crow. Like, I mean, he is the black raven. He literally says in the last <laughs> episode, he is you the just black want raven. To work into a dragon. I just want to a dragon. I know. Uh, no, I just think I'm... that, like, I just think that, like, the lines doesn't necessarily support his. No, capability. you're right. Like, he could fly through time. He could fly as the. You're right. Right. It, it he can work sense, into a he's crow. Running, like he's run. He literally is like the most mobile character of anyone. Even even Littlefinger can't go back in time. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked I mean, if he goes back in time. Littlefinger's like, hey! Like, I feel like, like Bran is going to go back in time and Littlefinger's just going to be there like winking at him like, hey, what's up? Let's go ahead and, and close this out, I think, with our favorite moments of this of the season or our, best ep- our favorite episodes of the Favorite season. episodes, yeah. So uh, I think first up, Ben, what's your favorite episode of the season? Uh, it's, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, everyone wants to go Battle of the Bastards, and I totally understand why. It, it's an incredible episode. It took six weeks, seven weeks. It, it took the production of an entire film to make. I mean, it, 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 it's incredible shift in the production of TV production just on a nerdy uh, insider film kind of way I'm totally impressed by it but uh, I kind of just love the season finale it was nice to see all these characters kind of move forward it was nice to see a lot of progression in the story arcs it was uh, there's no storylines that I thought were really down I, I really think the last episode which unfortunately I don't remember the name of uh, the Winds of Winter Winds of Winter that's correct it's the title of the book we'll never get to read um, <laughs> that's right. He's gonna die. Prove me wrong, George R. Martin. It's it's uh, it was just beautiful writing and beautiful dialogue and beautiful acting and beautiful music and it was just everything I love in Game of Thrones. I love the big battle episodes, but I, I just thought this was everything I I really appreciate Game of Thrones kind of tying together. It was all thematically cohesive and it was all character driven and it, it's just everything. It really makes me appreciative. I love Battle Masters a lot. It's it's one of the best episodes, uh, no doubt. But this was just a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Next up is Jenna. Actually, Jenna. sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take over this shot. I'm, I'm gonna fucking do a coup. <laughs> you have lost the Game of Thrones. <laughs> we should actually make like the podcast holder for this should actually like physically have a throne like whoever does the most like we should get a throne Sean Damn Jenna right. what's your favorite yeah what's your favorite episode uh Bastard Bowl is beautiful like visually stunning but I mean I'm like a fairy tale person at heart so I love that the finale just gave me so much happiness like between watching um Davos like being able to come into his character and just be pissed off at Melisandre for the horrible things she did and then I love watching Arya feed Walder Frey his kids. Like, I got so much <laughs> satisfaction awesome. out of that because it was just, like, a continuation of her character. And then, of course, like, my my true compelling Game of Thrones is the whole, um, like, baby Jon Snow and where did he come from and what doesn't he know. Um, yeah, so I... <laughs> I just I love I liked this last episode a lot. Um, even though it was too much happiness, I'm a little worried that like all my favorite characters are just gonna get brutally executed the next episode to make up for the happiness. <laughs> You're probably but right. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think positive though. So you know, wonderful. Keep going with the like positive feelings. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Sarah, do you want to chime in with your favorite moment, yeah, your favorite yeah. episode? I, uh, I'm I'm pretty much in the in the same boat as everyone else so far. Um, I think I 
I mean, I, I loved both of the last two episodes very much. The music in The Winds of Winter was on point. Um, we've talked about this a little bit off of the podcast. It was very reminiscent of Philip Glass, which was kind of cool. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And it was very good, very satisfying moments with, uh, with Arya. Um, Cersei's outfit was pretty badass. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, but at the end of the day, um, Battle of the Bastards won because it has, you know, dragons setting things on fire and lesbians, and those are two of my favorite things. So <laughs> I've got to pick Battle of the Bastards. Fifteen minutes are all she needs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Sarah. Um, for different for different reasons, though, I do love <laughs> I do love lesbians and dragons. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I I was a huge fan of, of Battle of the Bastards. So. For the first reason, uh, just the history nerd me loved that it was probably the closest thing we could see to like a fully pitched medieval battle in terms of just the accuracy uh, of the way they decided to film that and the fact that you could kind of get the sense of what it would be like to be at like probably the shittiest point in history until World War One, where you're like fucking surrounded by a, uh, a force and they're just coming in around you and the people at the center of that kind of uh, shithole are just literally the way they die is they're getting suffocated to death because there's too many people um, I thought it was just it was so well done um, it's absolutely horrifying but it, it's something that I think people don't understand about medieval warfare is people kind of romanticize this whole period of history and when it was quite quite brutal indeed um, so I liked that um, but I also really, I mean, I, I was just, I was just so very happy with the relationship between uh, Tyrion and Danny, and how, uh, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of trust uh, being formed between them that we didn't really see. You know, this was the uh, the family that had, uh, you know, helped kind of take her her parents out of power, um, and you know, we kind of put that aside, and they were able to form a really kind of cohesive relationship where, you know, Tyrion's very uh, aptly manages the city. While Danny kind of goes and gathers forces, and they're both kind of seeming to uh, to kind of get to the objectives that they want to get to, and you know, we see at the very end that uh, Tyrion's starting to kind of believe in humanity. You know, this always this great cynic uh, is starting to kind of change his ways, which I thought was very, very, very cool and very well done. Uh, so those were that was probably my favorite moment, but my favorite episode is Battle of the Bastards, just from just the history nerd thing. I really liked it. Um, but Jack, uh, you're you're up, my dear friend. Uh, I. I'm a little bit different than you guys here, and I think that there's two things that happen this season. Um, the, my favorite episodes are probably episode two, Home, and episode four, Book of Strangers. Uh, Book of the Stranger. Um, Book of the Stranger. Well, the reason being is that Home, I was very depressed on Game of Thrones, and home set the tone for the rest of the show and that's the funny thing is no other episode i think in all of game of thrones has the speed of happenings that home does so much you guys remember that we were all like we were all like shell-shocked how much fucking shit happened in the first couple of because we were like we saw the first episode as just like a retelling of everything that's going on where people are what's happening fine like you know Arya's there oh yeah she's still there these people are still there and then home happens and everything jumps forward like a million fucking years and it's the most blazing speed of any episode that I've ever seen of Game of Thrones and I think that's the thing is like it was that moment when I confirmed that this thing was going to go somewhere and that we're actually going to do this goddamn thing we're going to skip winds of winter we're going to unshackle ourselves from the books and we're going to have a goddamn story and knowing that these characters can go in interesting directions and we're going to see them and that it's going to be something that's like reinvigorated my love of the season that died a little bit in five. I think like people are fair in season saying in season five that it was just the bleakest goddamn thing you've ever seen. Like there's nothing to love anymore. And I think home really was the moment where I like reloved this series and wanted to get back together with it. And um, that leads to episode four, which is probably my favorite, which is book strangers, which was, the first episode we reviewed as a feast for bros, um, which I, and I don't mean to be—I don't mean to be mean. I mean this is the fun of the series for me. Is like Aww. I like this show a lot, but being able to talk to people about it and nerd out about it is what makes Game of Thrones fun. And if you have friends, this is what. Sorry, if you have friends, it sounds terrible. <laughs> um, um, I'm serious. Getting online and just going to talk to people about Game of Thrones and looking at theories and talking to people and being around the water cooler as it were um 
is what makes shows like this fun and there's nothing better than this and nothing better than having that experience it's like being part of society it's having friends and it's it's kind of liquefied into a form that's just uh, very addictive and i think that's what book of strangers is to me and having my friend group to talk about it oh that's very that nice quite that's sweet wonderful. jack that is really wonderful <laughs> All right. Now let's eat hot peppers. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so as you probably remember, Sean and me made some bets. <laughs> Would you like to enlighten the cast about the bets, Sean? I need to get my um, yeah. God, what did we bet on? Um, well, I think Marjorie I Marjorie dying. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is still stupid that that happened. Um, so Just yeah, like I, Natalie Dormer, we know, we know. I know. Well, they were they had there was so much potential for a character, and she was so awesome. Look, but yeah. So she they she, have to pay everybody a lot more next season. They don't have Natalie Dormer money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just had hoped that they would put her in one of those like awesome deep V outfits, but it never happened all season. <laughs> oh, dude, they made her religious, and I was like, shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> religious people never wear sexy clothes. <laughs> religious people are terrible. They're not sexy. Anyway, Holly Dormer to be sexy. But, <laughs> so my, adorable but, chipmunk face. So that was that was my bet. Is I, I bet that she would live the, throughout the season, and that didn't and that didn't happen. And then Jack made this really dumb bet where he thought that Lady Stoneheart was going to come back into yeah, play, which was that was <laughs> dead. That was super goddamn dumb in retrospective. So we're both wrong, and as such, we both agreed to eat peppers. Um, yes, we're stupid, and we're gonna burn like King's Landing. So. <laughs> We didn't get ghost peppers, because that shit's fucking stupid, apparently, according to the internet. Um, <laughs> you can literally pass out from that. Like, yeah, apparently, we'd, be going, we'd be going to the hospital. <laughs> apparently, Please that's a thing that. that can happen. So we're not going to eat ghost peppers. We're going to eat habanero peppers. You got your Sean? I do. It's the second hottest pepper. But it's the second hottest pepper. So this is going to suck. Uh, but here we go. Ready? Yep. Three, two, two one. one. Cheers. Oh fuck! I live through it. I'm gonna have milk. Yeah, one minute. So, milk. You got your milk. Yeah. Oh fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I know we're done. Well, gang, I think there's no better way to end a Peace for bro. Cheers. Yeah.